Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. So hey, we're starting this new series today called Life Goals. Look at your neighbor and say, Life Goals. Look at your other neighbor and say, not year goals, but life goals. And so a lot of times we have these things called New Year's resolutions, right? I believe that God doesn't want you to have a New Year resolution, but that you would have a new life revolution, that your life would be absolutely transformed, but this this year would be a year that all years are built upon. We really felt like that with our leaders this year, that that 2016 was a year to build upon, and I believe that that continues. I believe that every season is line upon line, precept upon precept. Every season is glory to glory. Come on. You don't have to go from good, exciting season to dry, quiet, wilderness season. No, no, no. The kingdom is glory to glory, not mountain to desert. You, you with me on this? It's mountain to mountain. It doesn't mean that it's not always going to be easy because sometimes climbing a mountain is difficult. Come on. Are you with me? But it's not from, it's not from mountaintop to valley. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You stop that and you know that God has called you to glory to glory. So God is upgrading your life. You ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for an upgrade? Man, I love getting upgrades. I love it on my phone whenever it comes time for me to get that upgrade, and I love getting it and discovering the new things and the things that I couldn't do before. Now I can do them. Why? Because I got upgraded, and that's what this series is about. We're talking about upgrading. We're talking about your life goals. We're going to be talking about family goals this in this series, which is kind of practical. We're going to be talking about financial goals, which are good things to be talking about. But again, these are life goals. They're not just goals that you're going to do for this year. This is something that you're going to to institute for the rest of your life. We're going to talk about church goals, things that we're going to be doing as a church family together. All this in the month of January, so we're really excited about that. I don't know about you, but I have a longing in my heart for the more. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm, I'm not talking about being materialistic. I'm not talking about just having more money and having a bigger house and having a nicer car. I'm, I'm talking about the real more. I'm talking about richer relationships. Come on. I'm talking about greater understanding of the word of God, greater relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about goals in my life of seeing the power of God demonstrating in my life more than I've ever seen it before, that whenever I speak to someone that's got sickness in their body, the sickness has to leave. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the more. I'm talking about the more that doesn't just manage my finances well, but I actually carry an anointing on my life to eliminate debt. Come on, are you with me? And so I believe that we all want the more. Now, your more might look different than my more, but I think all of us want more. I think all of us want to matter. All of us want to be significant. How many of you want that? Proverbs 20, verse 5, says, The purposes of man, of a man's heart, are deep waters. But a man of understanding, or woman, you got a womb, draws them out. So the purposes of a man are like deep waters. Man, I feel like that's me. You, you can get around me. You can ask Leslie. You can ask people that run with me. Like I have like so much desire in my heart. I have so many things that I can dream about. I mean, I wake up. I don't go to bed 
I don't dream when I'm sleeping. I dream when I'm awake. Like, I, I, man, my heart is just really longs to see new things happen. It's it's really like a deep water. Like, I don't know the depths of where it goes. Like, because every time I turn around, there's something that I'm dreaming up in my heart that's bigger. And I don't know if that's where you're at in that, but but you know that you do have desires that grow, and you're like, oh wow, I didn't know that I wanted that, and now I want that. Right. So your desires, your purposes are like deep water. But it says this, the scripture says, but the man of understanding or the man of wisdom or the woman of wisdom is actually able to draw those things out of their heart and discover them. So it's good that you got it in your heart, but you need to draw it out. And I believe that that's what this series is going to do. It's going to help you draw some of those things out. It's going to let you make sense of some of the the issues and some of the struggles that you have. You'll start making sense. You'll start having an understanding. Now, we've glorified in the church this thing called misunderstanding. We've kind of glorified this thing called mystery. And mystery is powerful, and we need it in our life. But listen, God is mysterious but not unsearchable. And God isn't caught up in you being ignorant of his plans. That's ridiculous. That's Old Covenant. No one can understand his ways. Read those scriptures in the New Testament, but we have the mind of Christ. But he has given it by his spirit. So God wants you to have understanding. He wants you to have wisdom. He wants you to be able to draw out those things that God's put in your heart and apply them to your life. He wants that. And one of the ways that we draw these things out is by setting goals. Some of you are like, oh, man, that's just, that's just not me. I'm not real goal-oriented. That's all right. You don't have to be goal-oriented. You just have to be God-oriented. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. And some of this will ring true for some of you because you're like, you know, you've already got your planner. You know, you went and bought it like three months ago. You've already started. Some of you are very meticulous and very planned. Some of us are a little bit more abstract with our goals, right? That's okay. It's good. But goals are good. The reason why goals are good is, number one, goals bring intentionality to our future. Intentionality to our future. Goals, secondly, goals improve our focus. See, goals give you the ability to say no to things. Goals tell you what you can say yes to and what you say no to. What does that? Having goals. If you don't have any goals, you're just kind of, whatever happens, happens. Well, you're not going to have very many successful things happen in your life living like that. You need to have intention for your future. And the third thing about goals is goals inspire our faith. Goals give us something to believe God for. God, this is what I want to see in 2017. God, I'm believing you for this. What are you believing God for? If there is just one thing, just one thing, what are you believing God for? this year. And I, I'll give you a second to think about that here, but, but think about that. Believe in God for. Listen, I'm not talking about your self-improvement. I'm talking about what are you believing God for? What in your life could only God do? So we're talking a little bit this morning about goalsmithing. I've kind of made up a word for you there. Goalsmithing. The, the ability to craft goals. Some of you need help with that. Some of you don't. Some of you could eat my lunch, you know, and tell me, no, that's not the way you set goals. Because I'm somewhat goal-oriented because I have to be, but that's not my nature. It's really a discipline for me. And some of you, you're the same way. It's not your nature to set goals, but you will because you need to and you understand the value. So, yes, yes, I will be goal-oriented. And that's me. That's me. It's not my bent, but I have to bend that way in order to be successful. 
in order to accomplish things. The first thing of goldsmithing in the kingdom, and number one is this, that we prioritize. If you're going to set goals, then you've got to prioritize. Now, we're talking about goal setting in the kingdom. We're talking about goldsmithing in the kingdom. We're not talking about the way the world does it. We're not talking about the way Fortune 500 companies do it. We're talking about how do you set goals when you live in the kingdom of God? How do you set goals not when you're trying to build your own empire, but whenever you're yielding your life to a greater one? Well, you prioritize. What does that mean? That means you put the first things first. The right things in the right place. Prioritize. What are your priorities? Jesus says this, Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it. Now, it's twofold. Come on. We're not just hearers of the word. We're doers also. So Jesus says this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. So having the wisdom, here's my teaching does not make you wise. Following the teaching makes you wise. Are you guys with me? Just because you acquire wisdom doesn't make you wise. It's whenever you put the wisdom into action is what makes you wise. Are you guys with me? So, follow, and follows it is wise like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. Other words, a firm foundation. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and beat against the house, It won't collapse because it is built on bedrock, a firm foundation. But anyone who hears my words or my teachings and ignores it is foolish. Listen to me. You can come every Sunday and hear the word of God if you do not apply it. You can wake up every day and read the word of God. If you do not apply it, it doesn't make you wise. You're only wise if you do what it says. Who hears my teaching and ignores it is like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and floods come, the winds beat against it, and it will collapse with the mighty crash. See, God has expectations. We say that God is first in our life. So these are the emphasis of Jesus in our life. First of all is what we call the great commandment, right? To love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our Mind and with all of our strength. Non-negotiable. It's the great commandment. It's what God's called us to do. Not just knowing that, not just having the memory verse in our memory bank, but actually loving God. It's the great commandment. The second thing that Jesus calls us to is the great commission. That means that we advance his kingdom, not advance my kingdom, Not advance my ambitions first. Why? Because I'm yielded to Jesus. He's the Lord of my life. He is the boss. He is in charge. That's what it means to follow Jesus. See, I know, I know you, you and Jesus are friends. Yes, I know that. But friends accept friends for who they are. And Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So to say that you're a follower of Christ is saying that you're committing to what he says. To love him and to obey him. To love him and to obey him, if you eliminate those things, you don't have love. We've made love this feeling. No, 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 no. To love him and to obey him. What is his command? What is the great commission? Well, he says this in Matthew 6.33, seek first the, the kingdom. So what do we put first in our life? Our family? No. 
Is your family part of the kingdom? Yes. Right? Uh, A relationship, a future spouse. Seek first the kingdom. You need to have your family in line. Come on, are you with me? You need to have your relationships in order. But what's first? Jesus' kingdom. The, The kingdom is everything he rules over. So is that your family? Yeah. Is that your job? Yeah. Why? Because you're yielded to the greater kingdom. But how are you advancing? Listen, and this is where it breaks down, or where we break it down. How are you advancing the kingdom in what's in your hand? And this is why he says that in Matthew uh, 28, 19, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is he saying? Advance my kingdom. It's the gospel of the kingdom. It's the gospel that people come to Jesus, saving knowledge of Jesus and the lordship of Jesus under the rule of King Jesus. Listen, it's not for the bold or the beautiful. Oh, man, you know, oh, the Great Commission. Most of us view the Great Commission like the great option. Well, you know, I don't really share my faith with people. I'm just not that bold or I'm insecure. Priorities. Your insecurity or his commission? Well, the reality is this, when we're talking about priorities, is it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. See, we live in a very me-centered culture. Our culture is all about me, me, me. What I think, what I want, what I think, wrapped up in this little box called me. Following Christ, however, is counter to that culture because the culture is not about me, 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 me. It's about him, 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 what he wants, what he thinks. And then Jesus said, if we'll listen to his words, oh, Lord, you're telling me to be a good example for Jesus? You're telling me to love you and I'll follow them? Jesus says I'm wise. The wisest says I'm wise if I'll just do what he says. If I'll listen to what he says and I'll do what he says. It's not about me. It's about him. You good? And remember this, and being me-centered, when you're setting your goals, some of you already did that three months ago. Great. You might need to change them. It's not about you. The goals that you set, your life goals are not about you. It's not about you. It's never been about you. God created you for his pleasure, not for your pleasure. We've got that backwards. So our culture is wrapped up in me, 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 me. Give that back to me. This is what I think. So we live the rest of our lives depressed. Why? Because everything doesn't go our way. However, when we're living according to his way, we don't have to be depressed because we're just like, well, God's got it. I don't like it, but hey, it's not about me. We are too invested in ourselves, and we need to be more invested in him. See, the better you might be the lesser of you. I just want to be a better me than decrease. That's what John the Baptist said. You want to be a forerunner generation? Listen, you got to have the cry of John the Baptist. I must decrease, he must increase. So the better you is probably the lesser you. Jesus said the first shall be last. He who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself, he who goes low will be exalted. God will take care of the promotion when you humble yourself. So goals aren't about your promotion, it's about his. 
Let me say that again. God's not about your promotion. He's about his. And you know what I found? I found that living my life to fulfill Jesus is more fulfilling for me. It's like I get pleasure out of doing what Jesus says. Some people say, oh, man, I don't get it. That's hard. It's no fun. It's because you're not doing it right. Listen, disciples, we, we talk about this a lot. The disciples who followed Jesus, when they were being murdered out in the streets for their faith, for their following Jesus, they counted it a joy. Now, I don't get that. I'm not there yet. But they were like, they were laughing, deliriously laughing. Read the stories. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. It says that they were, they were excited that they got to go out the way that Jesus went out. And we're like, we're bummed out if somebody doesn't like our Facebook status. Why? Because it's me, 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 me. I know I'm that way sometimes, too often. It's all about priorities. Is he the priority or are you the priority? So when you're setting your goals, it's not about you. Remember that. It's not about you. It's about him. How can, so how does that translate? Well, I need to be the best I can be to bring the most influence. So that might involve, hey, I need to take off like 20 pounds. Because if I take off 20 pounds, I have more energy for my family. I have more energy. I'll be more inspirational to the people around me that I can point to Christ, not so they'll like my blog or whatever. Come on. And I start, listen, the struggle's real. I'm telling you for real. I struggle with this. The most important pattern in your life is your relationship with Jesus. The most important pattern in your life. Sadly, most of the time, it takes a backseat to our job. It takes a backseat to our family time. It takes a backseat to sports. It takes a backseat to to our hobbies. It takes a backseat to our raising of our kids. It takes a backseat to the nourishing of our marriage. All these things take backseat to our relationship with Jesus. So I ask you this question today. How are things going with Jesus and your relationship with the Lord? Listen, I'm not talking about church. Get this. I'm not talking about being in church per se. Commit to church. Be faithful to church. But don't, and don't let church take a back seat to everything else in your life. Don't, don't let church be the first thing that's cut out. Because this is what people do. Oh, they got, they got sports on Sunday. So cut the freaking sports out. What is your problem? Do you, is sports more important than raising your kids in church? <laughs> Leslie's like, whoa, calm down. It's for real. This is a real problem that we have in our culture. Well, I got got to study. Man, I used to deal with this all the time. How much, how important is it? What is our priority when it comes time to growing in God together? Don't let church be the first thing to go. I'm not saying they won't have to go at times. It will. There will be times that demands, family demands. There will be times where you have to miss church. It's all good. There'll be times when I have to miss church. Y'all good? <laughs> Whoa, it was intense. It is intense. But back to the real thing. I'm not talking about that. Because the reality is, is you're, you don't have a relationship with God just because you're faithful to church. If, if your relationship with God is involved in a 90-minute 90 90 minute experience that happens on Sunday morning, you don't have a relationship with God. 
If the only time you ever connect with the Lord is on a Sunday morning, you don't have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with church. Great relationship to have, but not as important as the relationship to have. You come to church because you have a relationship with Jesus. Church is not your relationship with Jesus. Y'all all right? So I ask you, how are things with Jesus? And this is what we do when we answer this question. We start talking about sin management. And we use that as a barometer. We say, well, I ask you that question. If I ask you that question right now after service, you're walking out the door. I'm not going to do this. I don't want to freak you out. But if I say, how are things with Jesus? And immediately you go, well, you know, I'm sinning less often or I'm sinning more often. Let me, let me ask you this. What if, I, what if Leslie asked me, how do you feel about our relationship? And I said, well, I haven't slept with any other women in the past three years. Ever. That's right. Or I'm not currently. Listen. <laughs> Sorry. No, never. For real. Never. Okay. Let's get that. Whoever your relationship is with, do we use that as the barometer? Do we use our sin as the barometer to our relationship? Just because I'm not out committing adultery or because I'm not looking at porn doesn't mean that we have a good relationship. Now, if I'm doing those things, it's a pretty good indicator that we don't have a good relationship. So the barometer of your behavior with God is really, that, that's not the barometer. The barometer for your relationship with God is your time. How much time are you spending with him? So my relationship with Leslie, she's all nervous. My relationship with, with Leslie is dependent upon how much time are we getting together. So you know what happens when things get busy and we don't have, we, we don't have as much time to talk? You know what happens? Things get stressed. Right? Why? Because we're meant to be in relationship with one another. Listen, behavior is a byproduct of our relationship with God. It's a byproduct. It's not what it is. The reason why you want to sin is because your connection with God is lacking. Are you okay? And I, I've said this a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand times again. Most of the issues in your life, most of the issues in your life can be solved with read your Bible and pray every day. Most of your issues. Well, I'm just so depressed. When was the last time you read the word and prayed at home? It's been like three weeks ago. Well, there you go. Why am I so discouraged? When was the last time you spent time with the encourager? Not as good as I'm supposed to be. Always the answer. I mean, I counsel people all the time. I'm just struggling. I don't know what's going on. When was the last time you spent some intimate time with Jesus, just you and Jesus? church on Sunday, that's not intimate. That's corporate. That's great. We love that, but that's not intimate. We need that. We, we want it. We're family together. But we also need intimate. I mean, when Leslie and I spend time, if only time we ever spend together is when the kids are around, that's not good time. It's good time, but the best time is when it's just her and I. Right? Not on our phones, but connecting, talking. Right, baby? Good. Am I back on track? Good. Awesome. Listen, devotion. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Devotion. It's, it's examples. It's examples. We use bad examples sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. I need to get, I'm doing better. I'm doing better with my examples. Okay. Listen, devotion. Listen, 
is daily. It's every day. It's every day for the rest of your life. You're committing, when you said to follow Jesus, I'm committing to be in a devoted relationship for the rest of my life. This is my priority. It's more important than my job. It's more important than my marriage. It's more important than my kids. It's more important than my addiction to sports. It's more important than Facebook. It's more important than anything in my life. So therefore, I make time for it. And we use all these other things for it. Listen, you put that right. You make the first thing first, and you watch everything else get better. You watch it. Well, we're struggling in our marriage. How much time are you spending in prayer? How much time are you spending in the Word? Well, not as much as we should. That's always the answer. Y'all all right? So what we're going to do is we're going to help you out because emotion without devotion is like a time bomb waiting to go off. Emotion without devotion is like a time bomb waiting to go off, whether it be sin, whether it be frustration, whether it be tension, whatever it is, depression, whatever your bomb is. If you're just going off the emotion, oh, Sunday was so good, da, da, da. If, you don't, if you don't put feet to it, it does you no good. You hear the word, but you got to put it into practice. You good? So this is what we're going to do for January. And I'm, I'm trying to make it easy on you guys. We're going to read the Word together. We're going to read for the month of January together. We're going to read the Bible together. You okay with that? It's a good thing to do together, right? And so what we're going to do is we're going to read the book of Matthew. We're going to read the book of Acts. And we're going to read the book of Galatians throughout the month of January. It's two chapters a day. Just two chapters a day. So what I'm asking you, brothers and sisters, what I'm asking of you, is you'll take 20 minutes out of your day. It might be the first 20 minutes. That's probably the easiest way to make sure it gets in. Or the last 20 minutes or 20 minutes during your lunch break. And you'll open up your Bible for 20 minutes and you'll sit there with the Word. Now, it would only take you about 10 minutes to read those two chapters. But you're going to sit there and you're going to read into it. And you're going to ask the Lord to, you're going to ask the Lord before you read. You're going to say, Lord, would you come? Lord, would you commune with me? Would you talk with me as I read the Scriptures? And guess what he's going to do? He's going to do that. He might get you a little, you know, worship playlist or something to play in the background. And you're just going to spend 20 minutes. Some of you are already doing this. Some of you do more. That's great. Just add it on. And you spend 20 minutes. And listen, we're not just doing this for January. We're doing, it, we're doing it together in January, but you're going to do it for the rest of your life. Because you're in a relationship with God. This is how you build a relationship with God. Every day. Just like you do with your spouse just like you do with your kids, just like you do with your friends. It's a relationship. Y'all all right? Um, we have a, a reading plan. It's in your app, your Overflow app. It's also on the website. It'll be right, there's a link for it right there on the homepage. You just click on that, and it's got a schedule for those of you that need that. Others, you just read two chapters a day, and you're good. We got it. It's in your app under the news section. It's on the homepage of the website, okay? Y'all going to commit to me with that? Priorities, first things first. Again, you might do it in the morning. Listen, I got my reading. I already know what I'm going to be reading, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a break from what I'm reading. I'm going to read together with you guys, or I'm just going to add it on. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to add it on. All right? Priority. You good? There, there's something to take with you. Number two, number one, priorities. Number two, live with purpose. We're talking about living with intentions, living intentionally. Now, God has called us, listen, God has called us to live a life of purpose, a life that matters, a life that makes a difference, not to just survive, to pay the bills, to make it through the end of the week, not simply to get, into our, get our kids into a good college so they can do the same. We want to have a life that matters. Now, those things might 
help make our life matter. But all of us want significance. All of us want purpose. A life that makes a difference. A life that plunders hell and populates heaven. A life that unleashes heaven on earth. A life that sees the dead raised and the sick healed. A life that matters. We all want a life that matters. We all want a life of purpose. Check this out. Ephesians chapter 2. Great scripture. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we live with purpose. Why? Because God has already lined up things in your life for you to do with purpose. I love this scripture right here where it says we are God's workmanship. The word in the Greek actually means we are God's poetic masterpiece. We are God's poetic masterpiece. He doesn't have another poetic masterpiece. We are the ones, humanity. Why did he create us in such an incredible way? To do the things that he prepared for us to do. So God already has a list. God has a list. God has a list for you. God has a list for me. I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing what's on God's list. And I'm going to make a difference because I'm his workmanship. And I kind of look like him a little bit. He kind of fashioned me after his likeness. Come on. And he's got a list. And you've got a list of things that God wants you to do. Live your life with that intention. I will do. Listen, I am a person of God. Therefore, he is my primary purpose. When he is in our, this is a great thing. When you realize that God is your purpose, when your purposes are his purposes, when your purpose is just fulfilling all the things that he's planned out for you to do, when this is your purpose, then even when your plans fail, his purpose prevails. Even when your plans fail, if you're living according to his purpose, purpose prevails. Good things still happen. Even if what, the way that you think you want it to go doesn't work out. How many of that has happened to, happened to you last year? Happened to me a bunch. But guess what? It's not about me. I'm still living with purpose. Therefore, what I'm doing still matters. I am a, per, I am a person of God. Therefore, his purposes and he is my primary purpose. You know, Romans 8.28, he works all things together for good to those that love him and those who are called according to his purpose. That is, listen, everybody don't get to quote that scripture. You don't get to quote, you don't get to use that scripture by living outside the purposes of God. I know everything happens for a reason. God's just doing it. Are you living according to his purposes? No, then those aren't his purposes. Don't claim that scripture if you're not loving him and living according to his purposes. Because that's what we do. Man, everything just happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is you're stupid. Sometimes the reason is somebody else is stupid. But even if somebody's stupid or I'm stupid, if I'm living according to his purposes, he works it out to make it work for his. Nothing wasted. Nothing wasted. If we, live in t- if we don't live with this kind of intention, I'm going to be about the purposes of God. If we don't live with that kind of intention, then everything will demand our attention. If we don't live with intention, the demands will control our intention. Right? 
Oh, dang, I, you know what? With this, You can take this into your finances. This is what we're going to be talking about next week. You can take your finances. If you don't have, like, a goal in mind for your finances, where is all your money going to go? Fast food, entertainment. At the end of the month, you're like, where did all my money go? But if you have a purpose of where that money's going, can I, can I share, babe? Uh, you know, uh, Pastor Leslie does these cakes, glory cakes. It's called Leslie Cakes, but I call it glory cakes because they're good. And it's hard to keep the weight off with those cakes around. But it's good. It's all good because I'm living according to his purposes. And so we, we've been talking about, is it okay that I'm just real with this? So we've been talking about her doing cakes. She's like, you know, I just don't really want to do cakes anymore. And she, because part of the reason that she was uh, doing cakes is to have money for certain things. So she had an assignment for this money. Well, now she's, all of her assignments are, are met, and she doesn't have any needs for the money. So it's just, she's just putting money in there. So she's lost her passion to do what she's been doing because she doesn't have a goal. So now she's like, well, I don't really care to do cakes anymore. Why? Because she doesn't have anything she's trying to raise money for. So now the thing that she used to enjoy has become something that she doesn't enjoy anymore. Now all she thinks about is the pressure of it and the frustrations and the tensions. Before, she's like, yeah, I'm doing this. Why? Because I have a goal in mind. When you live with purpose, when you live in, with intention, everything just falls into order. And you don't get bummed out when it's stressful. And what happens is when we don't live with purpose, everything that comes along, it'd be like this. That money is reserved for this. We didn't use that money to pay bills. We didn't use that money to pay for, for anything else. Why? Because that money was reserved for purpose. So it was, nothing would distract it. So when you're living with purpose and all these little things come and demand your attention, you don't give way to them. You might have to deal with it, but you don't lose your focus. You're just like, okay, we'll just, let's move on. But when we don't live intentionally, everything will grab our attention. All the demands of life. Well, this, uh, uh, we were so, it, it, like with your money. Like, it's, it was late at night. We had a busy day, so we just picked up fast food. 40 bucks, boom. Right? It's crazy. Fast food's expensive. We're going to talk a little bit about money next week. I, I just, you know, sometimes I go and I'm like, How, we just spent, like, I'm sitting there eating. You know, last night we went out. Had some burgers and stuff. It was like 40 bucks for our family. And we like drank water. I mean, we like trimmed it back. We could have easily dropped 60 bucks. And not even a nice restaurant. Like just a fast food place. And I was sitting there thinking, I just ate 40 bucks. <laughs> right? We'll talk about that next week. Again. Y'all understand intentionality. Gotta have intentionality. You good? So prioritize, intentionality, and number three, develop a plan. Let me give you something real, real practical. You all good? This is how you develop a plan. Some of you need help with this. Some of you all, you're going to school me. Well, this is what I do. Okay, great. It's working good. The first thing you do, if you're going to develop a plan to be a goldsmith, and this is going to be very practical, number one is pray. Pray. I'm going to set some goals. Pray. Not what you want, what he wants. Remember, it's all about God. He's the priority. What do I want to be this year? What do, what do I want to see? What do I want to accomplish? What is God, what do you want for me this year? God, what would you require of me? God, what can I give you this year? What can I do for Jesus this year? 
That's the best thing for you to ask when setting goals, the best prayer. The second thing is ask questions, which is very related because a lot of times prayer is asking questions. What do I want to see happen? What do I want to do for God? How can I be more efficient? How can I help those around me? What are you believing God for? Ask those questions. If there's one thing, we've asked this earlier, there's one thing in your life that God could do. What would you want it to be? Write it down. That's number three. Write it down. Write down your goals. Now listen, I know that we live in a Pinterest world. I know that those goal on there, you, they take their, like, picture with their, like, $5,000 camera, and, you know, it's all like, you know, somebody that's, you know, like Picasso's granddaughter or something or great, great, ancient, whatever person made it, and it looks fabulous, and everybody's repinning it. Isn't that what they call it on Pinterest? I don't know. All, all the girls say yes. It doesn't have to be all fancy. Write it down. Put it on a, a sticky note. Write it on a sticky note. Stick it on the dashboard of your car. Or stick it on the mirror at your house. Or stick it on the refrigerator. Eat less calories. Put it on the refrigerator. What is your goal? Write it down. Write the vision so you can run with it. That's what the scriptures teach us. Write the vision. A vision that is not written will always give permission to distractions. A vision that is not written will always give permission to distractions. Don't give permission to distractions. Write the vision. Write it down. A sticky note, you can make your cool little pen or whatever on Pinterest and take pictures. And, you know, one thing that Leslie and I do, we haven't done right now, but we'll, we get a um, dry erase marker and we just write on the bathroom mirror. When we first started the church, scripture all across it. Why? Wow, to remind us. Don't grow weary in well-doing because you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. We wrote that. Leslie wrote it on there. Like, yeah, thank you, Jesus, for a godly wife. Write that up there. We're not going to grow weary. We're not going to stop because if we stop, we won't see the faithfulness of God. But if we keep going, we will. What is the vision for your life? Write it down. It don't have to be elaborate. You don't, you don't have to be like, you know, everything starts with the L or a P or whatever. Just write it down. Write it down somehow, somewhere. Write it down. Write your goals down. Number four, find accountability. Find someone, not someone that's just going to go, oh, that's really nice. Find somebody and tell them, say, listen, one of the things that I'm going to do this year is blank. One of the things I'm going to do this year is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat under 2,000 calories every day and work out five days a week. Okay, Nathan, I'm going to do that, all right? Will you make sure that I'm doing that? And then don't get all, like, irritated when he asks me, hey, uh, how's your calorie count doing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read three chapters in the Word every day for the rest of my life. You hear that, Nathan? Yeah. I'm going to spend time in prayer every day. Okay, Nathan? Yeah. And then Nathan texts you or calls you, hey, how's it going with Jesus? Don't you get insulted. Don't you get offended because you, you made yourself accountable. So accountability means telling somebody with the intention of them asking you about it later. Don't be like, oh, no, something. How's it going with Jesus? Well, I didn't sin this week. Well, at least, you know, not huge sin. I mean, I sin, but, you know, not the big ones, right? So find some accountability. Not the thing I was struggling. Now I'm struggling with this. Yeah, that's kind of the way it works. You know, we, we deal with one thing. We're like, yeah, and then, the next, oh, we're like, oh, dang, now I need to deal with this. Yeah, it's called growth. 
It's awesome. It's also incredibly frustrating because you're like, yes, I've got it. Yes, Lord, we're doing so good. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, I need to. You mean I got to work on my? I don't just have to do the right thing. I actually have to have the right attitude about doing the right thing. Oh, crud. That's hard. Write that down. Better attitude. That's what I, I'm doing this year. I wrote down a word, chill, because I need to chill out. So that's my word of the year, chill out. Some of y'all need to, like, fire up. I need to chill out. Let's just be real. Number five, leave some room. Leave some room. And by this, don't be so freaked out when everything doesn't go your way. Because you're a person of purpose. It's about him, so don't be freaked out when something interrupts and you're not able to do it. Josh Brown, right? Because that's how I am. I'm like, this is where I wanted to be. This is what I wanted to do. Ah, crud. What's going to happen now? The next two weeks, I'm like so frustrated. How many of y'all are with me on that? Listen, make room. Proverbs 16.9, love is scripture, very real in my life. It says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So you make your plans, you do, you, you've prayed, you've asked God, you believe that those are godly plans. Now what you do is you trust the Lord, which is hard. But the Lord determines our steps. Whenever we planted this church, this was the scripture that we used. Remember, babe? And it, Leslie said, you know what? We make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And it, it, I can tell you right now, it has not looked the way... In some ways, it's been way, most ways, it's been way better than we expected. But other ways, it's been way harder than we ever imagined. But you know what? It's not about our plan. We've we got to make room and say, God, my job is to be faithful. Your job is to bring the fruit. Your job is to, to make it look successful. My success is found in my obedience to what you're calling me to do. So make room. Don't be so freaked out. Number six, believe God and get to work. When it hurts, when it seems unfruitful, stay faithful. If, listen, if it's what God is telling you to do, then you do it, regardless of whether it's fruitful or not. You just do it. You just do it. Listen, this year is going to be incredible. This year is going to be incredible for you. God is going to do more in your life than you've ever seen before. Just stay in the pocket and watch the Lord move. This is going to be your best year. This year, not last year, not 2016. It was a great year. It was a hard year sometimes. But guess what? 2017 is going to be better. And 2018 is going to be better than that because it's going to build off this great year. But I believe this. Listen, your worst years are behind you. This is going to be your first great year. You got this. You're going to do more. You're going to see more. You're going to win more. It won't always be easy, but you will always be victorious because Jesus is your victory. And Jesus is your reward. It won't always be easy. Just get ready. Make some room because it will have its difficulties. It will have its challenges. You will suffer loss, but I'm telling you, at the end, you win because Jesus is your victory. I've got one more scripture, and we're going to actually just call the ministry team up right now. Let's come up, ministry team. And I want to declare this scripture over you as, as we pray. Psalm 32, 8. The Lord says this, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. I will advise you 
and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and brittle to keep it under control. The Lord is saying this, I'm here with you. I'm doing it with you. Don't, don't make it feel like it's some kind of robotic control thing. We're in this thing together. We're in relationship with one another. And he's saying, I'm going to come. I'm going to give you understanding. I'm going to give you the ability to draw out those deep waters of your plans. I'm going to give you understanding. You're not going to be like a, a horse that's moved around. No, no, no. We're in connection. We're in relationship. We're doing this thing together.